Let's get weird. I'm guru. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I know I'm excited. Rachel, yeah, she's a true crime guru. But on that note, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Ghoul Friend Hour. I'm your host, your ghost host, Ooh. Morgan Fezza. Yeah, I gotta add a little jazz in there. I felt like singing. I felt like singing. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. sprinkle some ghoul friend magic on this mic today. I'm gonna drop this motherfucking mic. Well, right. I can't beat that, but I'm Taylor. Should, we, Jones. Everybody, no, I'm making it a rule. Everybody has to sing their, no. their names today. Taylor. Oh. No. no. You, you don't have to like sing, sing, but you got to like come in with like a, a note. Uh. Oh. Yeah, you could be, you could be a low womp, note. Womp, womp. <laughs> but who are you today? Um, I was trying to come up with a good name because I got, I got a sausage today for dinner that got sliced open. So I was yeah, trying to come up with a good face. name. Sausage. sausage face uh, I don't even know what would rhyme nothing rhymes with ghost and sausage I'm your ghost oh, ghost with the sausage, sausage most with the most delicious sausage there you go alright oh, I don't know that doesn't sound right R -r 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 remix <laughs> alright Rachel um, and I'm Rachel Faust, and I am just half a ghost tonight. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. It's a whole Living mood. Part ghost. It's a whole mood. Yeah. So, so today we are very excited about this episode because we are doing the dumbest criminals. It is the criminals that just got way too cocky and really should not have been. And this is inspired from like what you and me did the episode of that Black Panther. The Black Panther. Things wrong and he's the dumbest guy. Sprayed himself oh. in the face with arsenic. Ugh. And he then, like shot, shot himself a couple times. Yeah. What did we say he did? He did dust pop. He just like yes. blew a hole in the roof. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... We don't need to talk about the Black Panther today. We we already gave him his own because he was so dumb. We gave him his oh, own he episode. He thought he was the coolest guy. He infuriates me. He makes me want to just it just kept getting kick a small work. child. Yeah. It makes you want to. Never mind. I was going to say what's his name. I know. I was going to say it too. I was so tempted. But if you know, you know. Okay. Theo Vaughn. Just insert quote here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My ADHD wants to say it's so bad. We're not. We're not trying to get canceled today. Because unfortunately, we can't. We can't say unhinged things the way that Theo Vaughn can without getting this whole podcast mm -hmm. shut down. Mm -hmm. We support. Yeah. So Rachel is going to kick off the dumbest Are we criminals. Just do like one and one, or am I doing all three of mine first? Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna balls to the walls. Oh, all three, all, right. oh, shit. all, all three, right. and then we're just moving down the line. All right. So our first dumb criminal, he comes from Oregon. His name is Derek Mosley. I don't even know if I'm gonna be get, be able to get through these because it's just hilarious. So Derek Mosley allegedly grabbed his trusty baseball bat and decided to go rob a store. Unfortunately, the store that he decided to rob was a gun store. Smart. <laughs> What so, do they say? Exactly. Don't bring um, don't bring a <clears throat> knife to or a gun to a knife fight or something or a knife something to a like that. Yeah, I think it's like a knife a to the gun fight. to a gun fight. Don't bring so a gun bring, to a sword fight. Don't bring a baseball back to the gun store. Um, so the guns they sell aren't loaded. Um, and that's what he was kind of like thinking. So um, 
when Mosley, he barged into the discount gun sale store and he smashed a display counter with his baseball bat. The store manager simply pulled out his own personal firearm and pointed it straight at the would-be robber. We love that. We love that for him. We love that. The cops came and Mosley was on the floor covered in... (laughs) Gunpowder and lead. Covered in (laughs) or glass fragments. Um, and he was charged with first degree robbery and unlawful possession of a firearm. I feel nah, like there man, should be also... tell you something. Just at that point, kill me because the <laughs> if, amount of like embarrassment. embarrassment. There should be jail, like a law. They're like, bro, you went to rob a gun store with, with a bat. With a bat. I, I feel like you should get charged for stupidity, though. Yeah, like, there should yeah. be something where you get charged for like just You're stupidity. Yeah, we should stand before like Congress. And be like, we just would like to propose on behalf of the ghoul friend hour that there's like a law that if you commit a crime so stupid, extra charge, extra charge just for stupidity. Like, that's a thing. Yes. There was even a line in like the news article about like, we all know like rock, paper, scissors, bat, gun is not a good game. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) So stupid. I swear. Of course, are we just gonna like bag on that these are like all men? I listen, I have some fun so I, I got some fun facts yeah. together. And <laughs> one of them is specifically about males, like in the criminal mind. And I'm convinced, like, I'm not trying to be mean here, but sometimes I think men are so like just like one track minded, they don't think about the other avenues of how this could go. And yeah. I think this man just was overly confident, was like I can do this with a baseball mm-hmm. bat. Yeah. And there was no other, like, there was mm-hmm. nothing else factored into this. And then when he got there, it was like, oh, I forgot it's a whole store exactly. full of guns. So apparently he, like, smashed the display case and was, like, trying to grab them. And it's like, hey, bro, these aren't loaded. Like, that's like, okay, so in, in, uh, inserting just dumb criminal experiences that I've seen on the internet. It's like those people that go to the cell phone stores and they try and steal the display model and they go running and the the string just like snatches them back (laughs) and you're just like, I'm serious, like kill me at that point. Don't even put me in jail. Just kill me because if that started trending on the internet and that's how I went out and that's how I caught a charge, kill Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, but I would probably just die from embarrassment. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even need to go to jail because I'd die right there. I'd be like, you seen those TikToks where it's like when the something catches up with you and it goes, yeah. 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 that'd be me. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> done, done. Literally, this man covered in glass on the floor being held at gunpoint. The cops are like, you're kidding. Dude, I can't. I can't. That that So that is definitely, to a T, the definition of don't bring a gun to a sword fight or don't bring a sword to a gunfight. <laughs> Whatever that saying is. A sword fight. I'm going to look it up now. Now yeah, I got to know. What is that phrase? A sword fight? I thought it was like... Don't bring don't a knife Google to a that. Fight. I was going to say there don't Google that. There's don't. two meanings to that, but don't Google that. Google what? A sword fight. At yeah, least don't Google it on fight, Urban Dictionary. Because right? like... There's just some stuff that'll come up. I just guarantee it because the the internet is unhinged. I'm gonna look it up. 
but yeah so who's the next who's our next uh who's our next victim our next victim all right so in 2008 an 18-year-old man named Ruben attempted a rob a robbery at a muffler store in Chicago so after demanding the money i can't even get through these after the demanding the money he was told that most of the cash was stored in a safe that could only be opened by the manager who wasn't scheduled to come in until until a few hours later mm. to have himself some trouble he left his cell phone number for the store to call him back once the manager arrived i love it what <laughs> oh my gosh so of course is that this- stupidity or like politeness so they feel like he was raised right funny. like he's like all right i'll just i'll just that call me when he's no in common sense and he was using his last two brain cells for this one. Oh my gosh no that's more like half a brain cell yeah this is one brain cell behavior <laughs> and so I, i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> of course, the store first called the police. Then they called him back. So when he came back and noticed the police were waiting for him, he engaged in a brief shootout with the cops over before- mufflers and like a freaking safe. No, no, it was money. No, he definitely wanted some mufflers. He didn't just go there for money. I know in the back of his brain, he was like, I'm going to cop some mufflers on my way out. Yeah. That's like the people that like they rob, you know, they rob the the cashier. They take the money and then on their way out, they're like, I'm I'm stealing all this shit off the racks and they just grab awesome. something on their way out. And my question is how like every time I see something like that, it's like how much cash are people really carrying and how much cash does like a store really have? Like not a lot. We're talking after all these like petty crimes and these idiots. I'm sure they're like, hey, let's not leave too much cash in the register because thirty five dollars. There's there's not even a lot because when I worked in retail back in like 2014 to 17, I they would come in like I think bi weekly. Like the what is it? The Garda would come in and take like I was gonna say the robbers. (laughs) Yeah, the robbers. (laughs) They would come in and take like most of the money so like there would be we would always run out of like singles and fives all the time yeah so definitely don't get a lot because i'm like what how much money are you getting 25 bucks plus everything's like digital a now. shootout so, like, barely anybody a, pays with cash a shootout. a shootout over some mufflers and some petty change left his cell phone number was like call me later when he comes mm-hmm. back that point he might have just like robbed a store for some belly button lint like they're like i don't understand <laughs> taylor's like hey that's actually that's some valuable belly button lint right there mm-hmm. ridiculous oh dear god i'm scared for the third <laughs> one because i feel like this is going to be like the the end game boss uh no this one's more like lighthearted, like duh like a duh moment okay so this one says a fake id is a teenage rite of passage but if you show a fake id you should make sure that you're not handing it to the actual owner you should know whose face is on the id that you're handing over so that's what happened to one 26 year old woman at applebee's in 2013 when she showed waitress brianna pretty her own driver's license as proof of age it had been stolen with a bunch of her other possessions a month earlier instead of bringing the customer margarita she brought the cops the heat the key the thief was caught red-handed <laughs> what, what are a the like chances coincidence what are the chances of that <laughs> yeah. 
That I one's just actually know, really intriguing. Like I always thought fake. I never had a fake di- fake ID growing up. I always wanted one. But like I did at one point, I was like, "Hey, I knew somebody that knew a guy." We were like, "Who knew this guy? Who knew this guy?" Yeah, knew a guy. This guy's cousin. His aunt's sister's cousin, twice removed, was like, "Hey, I can get you a fake ID." We were we were we were scheming. We were scheming, and I always thought it was like a printer, like they like some sketchy guy out of his mom's basement who had like a (laughs) ID printer and was just like cranking them out for like underage kids and i thought that's how it worked i didn't realize somebody was out there like stealing people's ids and were like wait does that actually do that that's what happened i guess that's what it sounded like shit dude handed this poor waitress her own id it was like hey let me get this back to you (laughs) this is your wallet wallet. one margarita (laughs) (laughs) and we don't finish the rest (laughs) Oh my gosh! <laughs> I swear, the stupidity is unreal. So Do you special. did did you finish your uh, sausage? No, I have a whole nother one. Okay, so I'm gonna go next. Oh, I can go. I can take a break. I need to breathe. Oh, okay. I only have one story, but it has a bit of a backstory. Has a bit of a back backstory to it. <laughs> All right, so Taylor just glitched. There's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> All right, simulation. Simulation. Okay, so I chose that. Is actually, I'm going to give a shout out to my sister Lacey Jones. So uh, whenever she watches, um, she gave me the idea of talking about the BTK killer. So mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't know, the BTK killer um, was a man named Dennis Rader. He did, I forgot how many it was. I think it was about, they say it's 11 victims, but I think there was also some other sus- suspected cases that could have happened from him but it happened over the course of 17 years um it was in i believe the first was 1974 and the last was 1991 and then he completely went like stone cold like didn't kill anymore until like 13 years later where i'll get into that in a moment but um so basically dennis raider he was the infant infant we're starting out strong. Infamous but identified serial killer known as the BTK killer, which BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. You thought he was so cool with that name, too. I know, right? A little honestly. Nerd. Honestly, I was like thinking Burger King or something when I read that at first. And I was like, <laughs> maybe Burger I was just hungry when I read it. Burger, Burger the King. <laughs> um, so he terrorized a lot of Wichita, Kansas. That's where a lot of the callers took place. Are you good? <laughs> please hold please hold um where a lot of the killers took place i said callers because i saw morgan on the phone and i was like oh she's taking a call um no <laughs> we love that um so yeah a lot of the killings took place in wichita kansas that's where the 11 victims over the course of 17 years were killed the youngest victim was nine years old and the oldest victim families. yes his or the oldest was 62 so it ranged between 9 and 62 um i only because he had like quite a handful of killings but i did want to kind of give like a backstory on two specific killings that he did just to kind of give an idea of what his killings consisted of <clears throat> so his i believe this was his first killing 
on January 15th, 1974, four members of the, it's either Otero or Otero family. Um, They were, is it Otero? <laughs> I, I, listen. That's right, we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. Otero, I'm going to say Otero. Um, they were murdered in Wichita, Kansas. The victims were Joseph, I'm not even going to say the last name, Joseph <laughs> Sr., who <laughs> was 38, Julia Maria, which was 30, who was 33, Joey or Joseph, the second, who was nine, and then Josephine, also known as Josie, who was 11. Their bodies were discovered by the family's three older children who had been at school at the time of the killings. After his 2005 arrest, Raider confessed to killing the family. He claimed that he first targeted the family two months prior to their murders when he spotted Julie leaving to take her children to school and followed them. On the morning of January 15th, Raider cut the phone lines and entered the residence when Joey opened the back door for the family dog. Raider told the family that he was a wanted man in California before he ordered them to lie on the living room floor at gunpoint. Then he led the family into a bedroom and tied them with rope he had prepared. <clears throat> the sausage is getting to me. <laughs> then he led the family into a bedroom. I already said that that he prepared. Joseph and Joey were on the floor while Julie and Josie were on the bed. The wrists and feet of Joseph and Julie were restrained. Joseph's head was covered by a plastic bag, which Raider then secured with ropes, but after he chewed a hole in the bag, another bag was tightened over his head, causing Joseph to slowly suffocate to death. Now, Joey was the nine-year-old, I believe. Yes. No, it might have been the dad. Might have been the dad. Uh, Raider attempts to strangle Julie, and according to Raider, Mrs. Otero woke back up. She was pretty upset with what's going on. She asked me to save her son, so I actually had taken the bag off. <clears throat> she screamed, you killed my boy, you killed my boy. And she actually said, God have mercy on your soul. Um, and I put her down permanently. Raider strangled her to death with rope, with both parents dead. Raider then also placed another plastic bag with two t-shirts and an additional bag over it on Joey's head and watched as he thrashed about while being suffocated. Afterward, Raider led Josie down into the basement where he hanged her with a noose from a pipe. Police later found Raider's bodily functions uh, near her partially clothed body. Raider then eventually wrote a letter that he stashed inside an engineering book in the Wichita Public Library in October 1974, describing in detail the killing of the family. So that was one of his more gruesome situations but the only other story that i wanted to share that amongst there are a couple more but to save some time um was his march 17 1977 killing um 25 year old shirley ruth relford was found dead in her home in wichita raider was pursuing relford and locating her by following her five-year-old son to her home she had not been feeling well and had sent the boy out for soup Raider entered their residence and pulled a handgun out from under his jacket, frightening the family. After tying up her three children and locking them in the bathroom, Raider took Ralford to the back bedroom. Raider had Shirley restrained while she vomited before, trying, before tying her legs to her bedpost. He then strangled her with rope after placing a plastic bag over her head while her children screamed and banged down the hallway. Similar to the Otero murders, Raider intended to murder Relford's children, although they were ultimately able to escape before he could do so. So those are some of the 
gruesome were gruesome cases. All of them were gruesome in their own ways. Um, I just felt, especially with the first case and Ruth, those were kind of some, you know, interesting stories. So where he went wrong, um, after 13 years, <laughs> this is the best part, of not killing anyone, <clears throat> having gotten away Absolutely. with all of the killings, his case was considered a cold one. But during this time when um, the BTK abruptly surfaced, he had began communicating with the police and media after a local news report speculated that he was either dead or in prison. So this is where you can tell that, like, he must have seen it on the news and been like, oh, my God, I haven't gotten caught. Let's see if we can, like, fuck around with them. Because, you know, that's the best of him. Exactly. That, like, that's the so cockiness that I'm talking about. They, they get too, <laughs> too cocky. So, Raider could not resist the temptation to refute the rumors publicly. Over the next 11 months leading up to his arrest, he sent 10 taunting messages to authorities, many of them directly to Ken, I want to say Landwer is how you say his name, with whom Raider thought he had a special report. Where he went wrong was when he <laughs> asked <laughs> when he asked Landwer whether he could communicate with him via a floppy disk without it being traced to a particular computer. Landwer naturally lied and said yes. So real quick, when I was trying to figure out who to talk about and my sister was telling me all these like, you know, she's telling me all these ideas and she was telling me about BTK Killer. The way she described it to me, I literally could just imagine this, like just imagining them saying, no, we can't. We can't track it at all. Of course not. Like, we can't do it. Like, I could just imagine them being like, of course not. And then no the one will like, ever know this. Got him. Right? Right? <laughs> so, Lanwer naturally lied and said yes. A few weeks later, a floppy disk from BTK addressed to Lanwer arrived at a local television station. The disk was quickly traced to Raider through a computer at the local Lutheran church where he was president of the congregation. Raider was very disappointed. This is this is where I, I couldn't help but laugh about the perceived betrayal by Landwer, and he expressed shock during his jailhouse interrogation that the police lieutenant would intentionally deceive him. Speaking Aww. directly to Landwer and using the lieutenant's first name, Raider said, I need to ask you, Ken, how come you lied to me? Ken, In a matter I thought of fact, we were tell boys, him. Ken. <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> And in a matter-of-effect tone, Landwer coolly replied, because I was trying to catch you. Raider later admitted the floppy disk did me in. And so he was arrested February 25th of 2005. And that's what I put in our group chat. I said him and his <sighs> floppy disk. <laughs> yup. Yup. He, he really thought, he really thought him and Ken were boys. Mm -hmm. And like, why Ken, of all people? Like, all these detectives, like, everybody that was working on this case, he was like, Ken's the one. Mm -hmm. he, he gets me. He got catfished. He you know, me. somebody, I mean, funny but not funny. Because like there's humor funny, and like huh? what an idiot funny he dude. is. Like more so funny that he's so stupid. Not funny that he killed people, but like somebody needs to make like what's that TikTok? It's like um you know the one where like the people sing to each other and like nobody knows me. Yeah. Like it needs yes. to be it needs to be Ken and BTK. Good God. Mm -hmm. And then Ken just like fanned himself like a floppy disk. Like, sorry, dude. What an idiot. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Like, 
but honestly it makes me it, it gives you that sweet sweet like sense of justice you're like what a shit bag and like he he got his feelings hurt he got his feelings hurt he was like i trusted you and this man just said well you shouldn't have and he just shit all over his day good job ken you are kenoff okay you are kenoff you were holding that in the whole time i know you fucking were. i was i was i was waiting to say it because i'm like i can't i'm all about ken team ken hashtag yeah i don't know yeah. dumb criminals dumb mm-hmm. criminals so i literally and this is this is coming from the fact that my husband um has a background in law enforcement he legitimately like was cracking up at this video that i showed him because again the case is horrific and it's not funny but like from a law enforcement standpoint to see somebody be so like obvious and just absolutely ridiculous on live tv it just makes you go like why did you commit the crime in the first place like you're you were literally everything you're doing is telling on yourself without telling on yourself so the story that i'm going to share with you guys is the story of a mr stephen mcdaniels so i don't know have you guys heard this case yet no um lord all right you're in for a treat so stephen mcdaniels in 2011 he broke into the apartment of his neighbor and fellow mercy mercer university law school graduate lauren giddings he then murdered her and dismembered her body um on june 29th giddings family and friends reported her missing and then when local news media in macon georgia heard about her disappearance they sent a camera crew to her apartment complex And there on June 30th, reporters from the television station, WGXA, conducted an interview with McDaniel himself. And this is where things got kind of weird and you see a total personality change. So during the interview, he came off as, you know, the concerned, kind of meek, awkward neighbor, um, described Giddings, you know, nice as can be. She was so personable. And then instantly, shortly into, huh? He pretended to be her neighbor. No, he was her neighbor. Actually, okay, okay, and, <laughs> yeah, and but he was pretending to be like the concerned, like we've been looking for uh, her, and like it's so sad, you know, we don't know what happened. And it, you'll see in the interview all the little red flags leading up to the big like bang moment. So, in shortly into the interview, his behavior did a total Jekyll and Hyde. Um. The reporter kind of slips and well, not really slips. I mean, she didn't think it was going to like affect him, but she said that a body had been found and they're starting to interview people in the area because they're trying to figure out if this was the body of Miss Giddings. And immediately his whole body changes. His face turns into like utter panic and he's like a, a body. And just like shuts down his eyes like glaze over and the reporter's like well we don't know you know I don't, I don't know if it's like her but we're just trying to but and she's trying you can tell she like realized she hit a nerve and was kind of trying to like backpedal a little bit and he like is like i need to sit down and walks off camera and is very sus very sus so um, we're gonna we're gonna roll the clip we're gonna show you guys this interview 
Um, and then we're going to get your thoughts because I want to I want to hear what you guys think, because I caught a lot of red flags, especially because like we do this all the time. So Can I just say, can I just say that I love that you always have receipts like these last few episodes. You just keep <laughs> pulling up the video receipts. Dude, I love videos. I love videos, especially because like this is fantastic. But you guys have to let me know if you can hear it. Um, because it has my output as my. Well, we heard it last time when like we heard the video last time. So yeah. Hopefully, it should work this time. All right, let's see. Gonna share that screen with y'all. All right. Was reported missing in June of 2011. Reporter Michelle Casada found him standing outside the apartment building where he and Giddings had lived and that we now know was the scene of the crime. He talks about joining Giddings' friends to look for his law school classmate and how they entered her apartment to see if there was anything wrong. It was also the first Red time that Daniel found out that a portion of Lauren Giddings' body had been recovered by police from the dumpster where he had put it. Knowing now that McDaniel had murdered and dismembered Giddings, the interview provides a glimpse inside the mind of a killer as he builds his story and his alibi. Take a look. Yeah, Lauren was my neighbor. Um, we're just trying to find out where she is at this point. I mean, no one has seen her since Saturday. I mean, the last time anyone heard from her was an email that she sent out, and no one's heard from her since. Did you see her hang out with anyone at the time and like that? I mean, no, no, no one has seen her since Saturday. I haven't seen anything. I mean, I've always hear noise outside, but it's just people walking by pretty much. And you, um, she just recently graduated from Mercer? Yeah, she and I were, we were both JD students. Um, we graduated back in May. What kind of person was she? I mean, how did you, what did you see? I mean, she's as nice as can be. I mean, very personable, very much people person. Do you know anybody that, any enemies you might have had, somebody that might want to hurt her? No, I mean, we're, we don't know where she is. I mean, the only thing we can think is that maybe she went out running and someone snatched her. <gasps> because, I mean, we went at, we went over, one of her friends had a key. We went inside and tried to see if there was anything amiss, but I mean, she had a door jam that was sitting right by it. So there was no sign that anyone broke in. I mean, the door was locked when everyone got here. I mean, we, we just don't know where she is. I mean, what about um, in the like the parking lot area? I know they've been doing a lot of, I think that's where they have recovered the body or whatever they recovered from there. Body. Had you heard anything, had you seen anything there? I mean, we don't know if this is the same person. You know what I mean? Like, they took out a body there earlier. We don't know if it's the same person. So that's how we're trying to ask people if they know who lived there. Are you okay, sir? I'm sorry. This is so bad with the walk. Is built like a big bee. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. What it's crazy. Oh, tell me that's not nuts. I showed that to Matt, and Matt was like, "There's so many red flags in that. Like, it's not funny because what he did was absolutely horrendous. And like, if I could get my hands on him, if I had two minutes alone in a cell with him, mm, boy. But like, the representative to do a TV interview. But he like, he's, he's he thought he was cocky. He thought. But he was... so many times, like, yeah, so nobody knows where she is. 
No, you know she is. Like that he doesn't get sick, and then he's like, "Well, we just took a key and just decided, well, we're just gonna open our apartment and just go look around, make sure nothing's wrong." Yeah, probably to look around and make sure you leave nothing there. What? And like, you don't think that he'd be a prime suspect that he had a key to her apartment? If they were that close, like, how do you not know where she is? Or the last time you saw her? Yeah. So there's a lot of red flags, and so he. Obviously, after that, they were like, that was odd. And that's weird. That's <laughs> weird. That's, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what happened. So, yeah. So, yeah. So he's um, hopefully he does not drop anything in jail in the shower department. And hopefully um, or maybe hopefully he does. I don't know. He seems like somebody just want to just intrusive thought, but what if I just what if I just anyways? <laughs> um, so the next one that I'm going to share with you guys had me absolutely cackling. So it's similar. It made me think of Rachel's because it's similar to the whole, um, you know, have them call me scenario. So, uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. So it was prime time for the Clifton Girl Sunday regulars and Muhammad Mookie was in a restaurant Sunday when two men appeared and the owner approached them frazzled. He said, one guy came, he has a gun, said, give me food. And I said, call 911. And he was like, like, what the hell? So then uh, this guy by the name of Domingo Garcia Hernandez had had a gun and said, I will kill you. I have a gun with me. And they were asking for like food and a hundred dollars. I think it was. So they were like berating this poor store owner. And in like a panic, he was like, I'm too busy right now. There's too much going on. Can you just come back? And they were like, all right, fine. So they left and they came back an hour later, but their, their scheme was completely foiled. Like, because obviously when they came back, um, they again demanded food and a hundred dollars. Um, and the owner was like, Oh, I just have to go get my wife's checkbook. And they were arrested. The police were like already aware that these guys, you know, and they were like, well, just let us know if they come back in. And he didn't think that they would actually like stroll back through the door an hour later. And so what makes it so funny is like the one guy who had the gun and was like, oh, I'll kill you. So give me this food and $100. He was four foot eight Hmm. and he was holding a water gun. So, yeah. So they oh, were literally instructed. It was like, hey, we're sticking you up. He's like, no, 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 I'm too busy. You need to come back, come back in an hour. And these guys were like, all right, bet. Stroll back <laughs> in, demand the food and $100. Food and $100 and you're getting arrested. I don't know. But the best part about this, and I'm going to pull up more receipts for you guys because it was just too funny not to, was when I saw the picture I'm honestly, I'm convinced these guys outdid Cheech and Chong, man, because, like, they look like they're Zooty Tootie on, like, planet Mars. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's quite a, these are our culprits. 
<laughs> These are our culprits. We got the great value version of Big Ed over here. And then this man, I don't even know if he knows his middle name, to be completely honest. I know what his name is. I don't even know what, like, if they even understand what time zone they're in because they look so, like, their eyes are so, like, bloodshot. And I'm like, I don't know, like, if they're on drugs or something, but they they look unwell. I just can't. Can you, like, think of that, like, car ride of, like, okay, why don't we come back in an hour? Like, and they were both, like, good. That sounds good. Yeah, it would. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, dude, he tells you to come back in an hour and like. Like, if you didn't get caught in the first place, you don't think you're really going to get caught in the second time? Seriously. Seriously. And it just like, it makes me laugh because like, who, I don't know. I just think it's like. I don't, we don't know what normal is. So I don't want to say like a normal human being, but a human being with like some type of a conscience. Like if I stroll into a store and I try and stick it up, I'm if I'm going in, I'm going in balls to the walls, confidence at 1,020%. And if I get rejected, I'm walking out of there and I'm like, all right, God said not today. Rethink your choices. Look at what you're doing with your life. You need to turn your shit around. And that's it. Now, if I get rejected and he's like, listen, come rob my store in an hour. And I come back in an hour. Please put me away. Or kill me. Either or. I can't. Yeah. I I have no idea. Like, (laughs) I'm so mad because I like just closed out my freaking, um, my, my next guys. My next guys also were a hoot. Um, so they were named the, um, it was like the sticky bandits, but they called them the, the permanent marker bandits. There was a bunch of people like were making so many names for these guys and they made national news. So, um, police received a call Friday night. They had two men with hooded sweatshirts and painted faces that had tried to break into a man's home in Carroll, Iowa, When police stopped the vehicle matching the caller's description blocks away, they were stunned by the men's disguises. So I think we already know if you're leaving law enforcement speechless, they're seeing some shit, okay? Because they've seen a lot of stuff. So they said there were no ski masks or stockings pulled over their heads. Instead, Matthew Allen McNelly, 23, and Joey Lee Miller, 20, streaked their faces with permanent black marker and not even in like a not even good like it didn't even look like they were trying like if you're gonna rob a house at least like i need to see this like did they ever take pictures of them oh yeah i have it don't you worry i got the receipts i need to see them one guy thought he was like great value version of bruce wayne i don't know what he was doing with his (laughs) batman mask but (laughs) god help him so says um this is what had me cracking up. So Carroll Police Chief Kaler told CNN that the strange disguises made it easy for his officers. He said, we're very skilled investigators and the black faces gave them right away. Carrier said jokingly, I have to assume the officers were kind of laughing at the time. I've never heard of coloring your face with a permanent marker. 
Kaler said police believe one of the alleged burglars targeted the home because he had suspected his girlfriend had a relationship with the man who lived there. They probably were just not thinking straight and figured we'll go out and scare the guy or whatever. They were being done, dumb, and combine that with alcohol, it was the perfect storm. So they were drunk as a skunk. You can very well see they were drunk as a skunk because their artistic abilities were hindered um they were both charged with attempted burglary mcnelly was charged additionally with operating a vehicle while intoxicated um and obviously their lawyers couldn't be reached for comment probably better that they were not able to comment because if i had to be their lawyer i probably would die laughing um but yeah so they basically made national news because the mug shots were the funniest thing that the nation has seen in quite some time um, I, the Kaler said, I've been chief here almost 25 years, been with the department 28 and a half years. I've seen a lot of things that make me laugh and weird things, but this is probably the best combination of the two. Strangely weird and hilariously funny all at the same time. So, um, can I get a drum roll, please? Drum roll, drum roll. Oh, I can't even hear the drum roll. It's all right. We tried. These these are our <laughs> these are our uh our criminals. So we got we got Bruce Wayne to the left. <laughs> we got I don't even know what he was doing with his mask. But the other thing that I forgot to add um that I found in another article was the funniest part about this was that so you can see they try so they had used permanent Sharpie marker and they thought that by doing so they wash could leave off. the scene of the crime and easily oh wash it God. off, right? So the reason that they got caught blocks away was because they were trying to get it off of their faces and realized it was not coming off. So then when they got pulled over, obviously, you're going to have a very uh, unique ski mask, per se. Oh and the police officers were like, <clears throat> hey, have you seen two guys with permanent marker masks on? No, because it's like those kids that are like, it's like those kids that when they like eat something and you come up to them like, did you eat that? And they're like, no, it's like all over the place. (laughs) That, that and the combination of the fact that that looked like what happened to you, Morgan, the other day when Maisie decided to draw on your face. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought it was makeup. I'm thinking here, it just felt like a nice soothing. And all of a sudden she like dug it in. I'm like, oh, I was like, what is that? And I opened my eyes. I'm like, that would be a marker. And I'm like, oh my gosh. The relief I felt when I realized that it was just Crayola markers. Because if it was Sharpie. Not yeah, good. It would have been would have been bad time. Been Can you just imagine like the conversation between those two in the car before they like did this was like, hey, did you bring the disguises? And the other one's like, no. He's like, oh, but I have a Sharpie here. Like, this is a good idea. And the other guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. I, yeah, I don't. They were rubbing their last two brains. I just think about some of the drunk conversations that I have had um, <laughs> with like my friends in my youthful era and they're probably crazy. And I can only imagine the drunken conversation that took place prior to them robbing this man's house or try. Ooh, I don't even know does. what they were trying to do. Scare him, whatever they were trying to do. Like just sitting in the car and be like, oh, we're going to mess this dude up. 
<laughs> like colored it as fast as you can we're going hard like you know what i'm saying it's just so stupid um but ron kitching is coming in the comment section with a with a good story so he said never underestimate how stupid people can be so there was a guy who walked out of jail and attempted to rob a store across the street with a note written on the back of his release paperwork <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I cannot. I cannot. So we we had an extra so extra stupid crime. That's just that's beautiful. I love I love the um I saw there was so many just good, like stupid criminal stories. Like it was so hard to pick, but there was another one that I saw and it kind of reminded me of uh, that movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um these inmates there was two inmates and they escaped this like county jail and nobody would give them clothing and like i don't know like if they tried to rob somebody or what so like they were on the run in bright orange inmate suits and decided to stop at a diner and one still had handcuffs like or i don't know if they're handcuffs or what they are um around like one of his ankles and like the waitress like came up and was like what can I get you guys for lunch? And then was like, uh huh, uh huh. And then she went to the back and pulled a Ken with the floppy disk. And she was like, oh, she's like, You're call the authorities. <laughs> oh they were like, God. waitress, how could you? Oh my how God. Could you turn um, so next up, um, we have just what I'm going to call our contender videos so some funny videos of just criminals absolutely failing at their scheming so the first one that we have um there was a robbery that happened at bayshore mall and the robbery suspects they kind of show you when they came in and when they started running and when things started going wrong the robbery suspects thought it would be a good idea to hide in the ceiling no, Even not, though you can't those. bear any weight on those panels, um. So so let's roll. Let's roll the clip. Let's roll the clip. What about receipts? I love. I, receipts are my favorite. <clears throat> Security cameras from inside the Qdoba on Silver Spring Drive show an employee walking to a back door. The timestamp shows 10:41 p.m. when two teenagers in black clothing come out of the door. In the video, we can see one of them has a gun. A few minutes later. The employee and the two teenagers are in the back office. According to the criminal complaint, the employee is trying to figure out how to open the safe. Security cameras show around 10.50 p.m. The two teens are running towards the back door and put their hands up. Police say the two hid in the ceiling to get away. Five minutes later, the plan <laughs> came crashing down. <laughs> Literally oh and figuratively. To arrest the teenagers. Those guys gonna be under arrest. We want everyone to go home safe, all right? Police say they found them in a vacant store next door after the two busted through the drywall. Now put your hands to the center of your back. Stay there and don't move. 18-year-old Markavion Williams and a 16-year-old girl were arrested. Williams is charged with six counts, including four felonies. One of the charges is for armed robbery. When police searched the ceiling area, they found clothing. Do you have a mask? and a gun according to the criminal complaint williams told officers he stole the gun from his grandpa the complaint goes on to say williams told officers he did this because he needed money so i am so that's a uh, that is contender number one 
contender number one. Uh, this one, so this, when we originally talked about dumb criminals, the very first person that came to mind, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what the crime exactly was. I just remember the freaking video from this convenience store and how hard I laughed for like 20 minutes. And I was like, this is going on the episode. So enjoy the next clip. It is a somebody that attempted to hold up a like bodega convenience store um, and tried to hide. Now, this ceiling was like that, like office building, like almost like it's not styrofoam, but it's like that maybe sheetrock. Is it sheetrock? Paneling stuff. Yeah. And like, so that like surely cannot hold you. Um, So I don't know what this lady was thinking, but here we go. Moments before she surrendered to police, 23-year-old Brittany Burke fell right into the middle of this coffee aisle. The amazing part of home that she fell from the roof here. Owners of this Spruce Grove Ready Mart say Burke was with a man identified by police as 28-year-old Richard Pirasso, who tried to use a stolen credit card at their store Monday afternoon. And my husband objected. Oh, it was a stolen credit card. I forget what the case was. He said, uh, it's my girlfriend's card. What were they buying? Pop can. It's pop can. $4.39. Owners say they called police because the two seemed suspicious. When an officer arrived, Pariso pushed Burke towards him, trying to flee. That's when Bhagwan Chohan's husband, oh. seen here, stepped in to help. I'm very proud of him. Pariso then seen running away, and while the officer searches for him, Burke goes to the back of the store. They have the whole thing. A ceiling vent before falling and crashing. Oh my God! Oh. You know her because back hurts. You thinking the person is in the back, but she's up on the roof. Eventually, backup arrives and the two are taken into custody. Pariso facing 11 charges, including resisting arrest and using a stolen credit card. His case has been put over to July 11th. Oh my charged God. with three counts, including obstructing an officer and mischief under $5,000. Chanel calls CTV News, Spruce Grove. <laughs> they were probably trying to see if the credit card would work first. So they were like buying something oh dumb. That video makes me laugh so hard because, like, again, if I was if I was doing something shady, like some criminal activity, and I fell that hard out of a ceiling, like that that shelf, man, they're gonna have to replace that that shelf on loop in that store, like just a TV with that video on a loop. Oh my gosh! Like the whole thing, like. He gets ripped out of his shirt. He, like, first off, I would dump him right after that whole scenario. He threw me at a cop, tried to escape, but his T-shirt got stuck or she was holding on to it. She was like, you're not leaving me. And it just turned into such a cluster. And then you fall out of the ceiling. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, that was that was one of my favorites. Um this one, people have probably seen. I think this was from a live PD clip. Um don't hold me to it it could be real could not be real either way i thought it was really funny it was just such a this one was a cluster too it was just a wild i don't i don't know why you would think this was a good idea reporting that someone stole the drugs that you were trying to sell them sir i'm broke 
I'm just trying to make a little. At what point does this make any sense? <laughs> it's the friend for me. It's the friend. What is that? At what point do you think telling the cops that someone stole? Being honest. He's not being honest. Where's what he? Are there drugs in this car? No, there isn't. There isn't. We would not be friends anymore. He's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Where you at? I need you to come over here. Stay right there, ladies. Sorry, so let me move my car for you. I'm just going to move my car so you can get out. It's probably cost me the dumbest night of my entire life. I've never seen. So, yeah, so if you, if you get, I hope you guys can hear that, but she basically was calling the police on theft of the drugs that she was trying to sell. She must have been on. But what made the video the best was the friend that was videotaping her uh-huh. and laughing in her face. And I was like, if your friend is laughing at you that hard and is making a spectacle, you know, you yeah. know, you've done messed up, A.A. Rom. Okay. <laughs> you done messed up. All right. Yeah. The last one of the night. Short clip. But it's just really dumb. So that's really all I have to say about that. Not much more to be shared. It just fits the topic tonight. Yeah. Oh, God. Another Sharpie bandit. Tell me. Are you sure Sharpie is... Was it Sharpie? Dude, he didn't even try. Why did he take the to, the mask off? I've never seen off? so many dumb things consecutively. In the wise words of David Rose, didn't even consecutively, try. one right after the other. Like, never seen so many dumb things. You can't. Oh, God. Not only is he stealing somebody's Amazon packages, which just makes me so mad, he then attempts to very poorly scribble over the, the ring camera and then takes off the ski mask. There it is. Of course, the point so, of the ski mask. So these these are our high contenders. Um, now, after all of the dumb criminals that we've that we've talked about, we'll go off major cases. Who are we ranking, dumbest to dumb? Rachel, you first. Hmm. I really like the guys with the sharpie on the face. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like they're the dumbest. <laughs> Yes, I feel like that's the dumb. <laughs> and I think just dumb was bringing the bat to the gun store. Yeah, I, I honestly agree. <laughs> you know, I would like to see, we're going to change this up a little bit. Instead of ranking dumbest to dumb, if we were to put the dumbest criminal with the dumb criminal in a fight ring, who do you think would win? Hmm. I think so. Just- People in the convenience store, they were pretty scrappy. (laughs) (laughs) Push each other over. They were quick. I don't know. I feel like she could, from the height of the ceiling, she could pull a sick sick stone cold stunner. She rebounded Mm. real hard after hitting that shelf back first. She she got up and she's like, I'm about to run. She's like, I'm about to run. And then she ends up like, I don't think I can walk this off. I think think my ass is broken. 
I just had a thought. What if the guy who drew the Sharpie on the ring was the guy who drew the Sharpie on the guy's faces? Because how poorly he drew. You know what? Maybe there's a connection. There might be a connection there. Maybe they hired him. Detective Taylor, I think you're onto something. The two from the diner versus the two from the gas station. Fight. Hands on. That I honestly I would pay more for that than I like would a UFC fight. <laughs> I would a hundred percent. I would buy front row tickets, thousand dollars a piece, popcorn, snacks, fried chicken, the whole thing. I would sit up front and I would just live my best life watching that All pan four out. Feet of that guy plus the girl out of the mm-hmm. ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I feel like she could do a sick body slam. She bro- she dude she, she did mangled slim herself. So. She she defied gravity. She mangled that shelf and she hopped up like a spring chicken. Mm-hmm. If all two hundred pounds of my ass fell from the ceiling onto that shelf, I'd be out of commission. Dude, if I did that, I would probably get rid of my scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be cracking me back into shape. It would recalibrate. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> Oh my god. It's like a wheel alignment for humans. <laughs> and then I trip over a rock and just puts it back in place. <laughs> just puts it back. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a couple fun facts. Um <clears throat> I found 11 fascinating findings about the criminal brain. So one of the things that I think people get wrong a lot of the time that I found out today was people are like, oh, serial killers and stuff like that. They they have these, like, crazy IQs and they're super smart. And, like, I thought that. I thought that they were, like, these, like, crazy geniuses. But on my hunt for the dumbest criminals, I also found a lot of facts about serial killers and criminal minds that actually say serial killers tend to actually be lower IQ and be low average intelligence. And they're not talking about... Apparently, like, mass shooters um, and, like, there's, like, categories. They're not categorized as, like, serial killers or people who commit, like, mass murders, like, unabombers because, like, people had, like, this argument, like, well, if they have low IQs, then um, why was the unabomber so, like, genius and smart? And they were, like, well, they're classified completely differently. But serial killers, murderers... um, even petty crime, like the ones that we saw, they tend to have a lower IQ and that was actually tested after they failed the testing on saying that they were high IQ and like super smart. They did an inaccurate um, study on that. So that's why these people went back in. And they were like, actually, not true, as we can see. So our next fact is that it says you can differentiate the brain of a psychopath from a normal brain. Examining scans of criminals who were supposed psychopaths say that they have lower levels of activity in a certain brain region called the orbital cortex, which helps to regulate emotions, impulses, and also plays a role in morality and aggression. So basically... People who are, like, antisocial, have personality disorder, they have no regard for right and wrong, have no regard for, you know, laws or any kind of justice system. On on average, 18% reduction in volume of the middle frontal gyrus. So, yeah. So, third fact 
and this is what I was talking about earlier, it says the male brain actually has a killer gene, which is terrifying that I, I could be sleeping next to a killer every night. My dog is yeah. also male and he could be a killer. Yeah. Well, no, Bosley's male... definitely a killer. I feel like if I like got on his nerves enough, he'd probably eat me. Listen, if I die because of the male that I sleep next to every night, it's because of his his farts. Okay. That's what I feel that. Me. I feel that. That's a solid, solid argument. Death by farts. That's why it's always the husband. Like it's always the husband. Suspect number one. That's it. See? And it says about 90% of killers in America are male and about 30% of males compared to 9% of females have a form of the MAOA gene, often called the warrior gene because of its association with violence. The gene has been found to impair their ability to deal effectively and pro-socially with stressful situations. Whereas like women can rationale and sometimes even though we may fly off the handle and think about homicide, we don't actually like follow through with it men are more like that's why they say like you sometimes you have to let men just like fight it out you see a lot of fights between guys like in early adolescence and like high school and stuff like that because they just have to get that like aggression out so that's why it's called the warrior gene so it's crazy um Number four is how psychopaths put on the mask of sanity. It says researchers found that psychopaths use the past tense disfluencies like us and ums and subordinating conjunctions like because and so that more often. This indicates psychological detachment and allows time for the person to gather thoughts or lie and creates a sense of logic respectively. Psychologists call these, spe- call these speech patterns putting the mask of sanity on. So what's funny is after I was reading this, I went back and I looked at like some um, like interviews, like police interviews, like Chris Watts and like things like that. And it's actually funny how much you hear them go. Uh, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm, um, and like how much they do that in their statements. And I was like, that's pretty neat. Um, so it says number five is when it comes to the development of a criminal nature and nurture are at play. So it says studies have shown that the combination of that MAOA warrior gene and a history of child abuse increases one's chances of being convicted of a violent offense by more than 400%. Researchers are quick to point out that having this gene or experiencing trauma as a child does not automatically make someone a criminal, but it increases vulnerability. Number six is the criminal brain is not underdeveloped, but developed in a completely different way than the average person. So I thought this was really interesting. So so not all criminals are dumb criminals. I feel conflicted on that after our episode. Though they make poor or despicable rather decisions. Where did the breakdown of rational decision-making happen? Scientists have linked it to the experience of trauma, especially in childhood. Abuse, deprivation, lack of nurturing, um, it all leads to trouble in regulating emotions and executive function or the ability to process information to draw and make conclusions. On the 10-point adverse childhood experience scale, about 33% of Americans score zero, 3% score higher than four, and only one in a thousand scores nine or more. It's not a surprise that criminologists find that a number of murder suspects scored a nine or above. Hmm. I thought that was kind of crazy. 
Um, this was really cool because I'm a visual person. So this kind of helped me to like picture this in my mind, but it said, um, number seven is the criminal seat of emotion is deformed. So the seat of emotion is like a part of the brain. Um, says 2009 study of the brains of psychopaths found deformations in a part of the brain called the, um, I always mess this up. Amygdala. Um, oh, huh. That's a big word. I always me. mess it up in nursing school. It was so bad. Um, amyg amygdala. You can say whatever, and I'll believe it because I don't know what it is. I think it's amygdala. You could say a megalodon, and I'd believe you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's there's a deformation in the part of the brain called the megalodon. <laughs> now the amygdala, which is the seat of emotion, this may help to explain the lack of empathy and remorse that they display. Another study noted that it is not the psychopath's lack of empathy as much as it is a voluntary activity. For most people, empathy is a default mode, but for those with psychopathic tendencies, they can turn it on like a switch to manipulate others. You're four times more likely to find a psychopath at the top of a corporate ladder than you are walking around in the janitor's office, which I have heard that. And honestly, I've met people in the corporate ladder and it always runs through my mind. Like, I'm like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see you pushing somebody out your window Psycho. like yeah um so this was also interesting because i feel like we hear a lot about like these criminals going to jail and they're like oh we can reform them they'll change and you hear these stories about oh like you know i i murdered somebody when i was 18 but i've changed now i'm a changed person they say once a criminal mind always a criminal mind like scientifically you cannot change it because it's it's like how your brain is like legitimately formed so it says people who are once criminals um says what about people who are once criminals but have changed their ways do their brains change too and it says no it appears that they do not the psychologist on a study comparing the two said that while you can differentiate a criminal from a non-criminal none of these brain regions distinguish chronic and remitting offenders it's kind of crazy. Um, serial killers are surprisingly social. I mean, this one is not surprising. I mean, look at Ted Bundy. Look at John Wayne Gacy. Um, but this one had our boy BTK in there. It says, according to the FBI, the majority of silly serial killers are... I said silly killers. Lord. <laughs> Lord. The majority of serial killers are not reclusive social misfits who live alone. In fact, many are employed, married, and have families. For example, Robert Yates was a U.S. Army National Guard helicopter pilot married with five kids. He killed 17 prostitutes and buried one in his own yard. The Never. infamous BTK killer, Dennis Rader, was president of his church and a Boy Scout leader. They can blend in so effortlessly that they are oftentimes overlooked by law enforcement and the public. Number 10 is the rate of sociopathy in the world is as high as 4%, which is terrifying. So not to be an alarmist, but they're out there. The rate of sociopathic, uh, sociopath. Lord, the rate of sociopathy in the global population is estimated to be as much as 4%. According former Harvard clinical psychologist, Dr. Martha Stout um, has said, while that percentage might not sound like much when it comes to your chances of winning a bet, this translates to one out of every 25 people. So a lot. 
yeah i thought that was kind of crazy um oh lord facebook said something about blocking my video I'm like please don't block my video what i don't know i must have said something so um our final one is suspects uh, often use the amnesia defense so criminals will always you know go to this as their yeah default mode so so 65 percent of suspects who undergo psychiatric examination claim amnesia according to the fbi in some cases this is due to alcohol or drugs but in some cases it is most likely a lie when suspects deny committing the crime investigators are instructed to ask questions like why do you think whoever did this selected this victim and what do you think should happen to the person who did this to probe further into the suspect's mind one question comes out of all of this research if neuroscience allows us to pinpoint traits of violent criminals can we and should we do anything to stop them in advance tell us what you think in the comments which i was like that's actually a very interesting question so i'm actually going to pose that to our listeners um if you think that we have this crazy technology that we can kind of look into the minds of criminals and study their behaviors do you think that there is anything that can be done to be proactive in um noticing red flags and stopping them in their tracks need a little to the brain a little, <laughs> a little lobotomy <laughs> a little, a little knock upside the noggin but yeah so that's Heard about it. it everyone who's dumb dumb you guys got some facts making bets on imaginary fights <laughs> still have money on the roof girl yep. but yeah so i mean that's that's about it here you guys have anything exciting going on? I think no. that's the first time in like podcast history we've wrapped up in an hour and nine minutes. We we oh, meant shit. business tonight. We and we didn't really sidetrack, which is crazy. Yeah. It was this is this is fantastic. It's good for our listeners. So you guys have caught us off guard because we're not used to finishing this organized mm-hmm. and as fast without any unhingery. There it is. It's um, yeah so we have um some exciting things in the works we have some new merch coming out so be sure to check our instagram our facebook rachel may or may not be <laughs> sipping sipping out of out of her new cup it's yeah, super cute yeah. yeah so um <clears throat> two tabs on our instagram facebook if you have any listener stories that you want to submit it's the ghoulfriend hour pod at gmail.com. Um, everything is in our link tree on Instagram. And I think our link tree is on our Facebook. Um, but you can always DM us. And until next time, guys, let's let's get, get weird. weird. That was one day. Weird. One day. That was so lag, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to end our little recording.